1: That's audible.com/wonderypod or text wonderypod to 500-500. This is the Ion Travel Podcast with CBS News Travel Editor Peter Greenberg.
0: Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here with another edition of the Ion Travel Podcast. This week from London, the site of the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebrating 70 years on the throne 70 years of service and a monarchy that continues we were there for the events the parades the performances and of course to witness the queen's appearances on the balcony at buckingham palace first with a news update one of my regular guests the senior travel editor for the independent simon calder and as thousands of visitors poured into london for the jubilee and many more coming for their vacation where was simon like many other smart travelers He left town, but that didn't stop him from calling in with a frontline report.
1: Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom.
0: Terms apply. How are you, Simon?
2: (laughs) Well, the funny thing is, Peter, uh, that I would be um, celebrating this weekend with you in London, and I live about seven minutes walk from the fantastic location that you are in today. So uh, sorry I can't be there, but I'm making the most of uh, another celebration, which is the most extraordinary public transport, public transit rail deal uh, in history. Um, I'm talking to you from uh, northern Germany, where I have travelled the length of the country for a total of nine euros. That's about ten bucks. Uh, and that covers all trains apart from the fastest expresses, plus your trams, uh, your trolleys, uh, streetcars, cars. Um, Buses at the underground, the subway system, and even in Hamburg, um, some river ferries. So it's an astonishing deal. That's not just for one day, that's for the whole of the month of June. So a bit of a celebration here in Germany, too. Wow.
0: You know, when it's that cheap in Germany, you you know, you don't have to wait for Oktoberfest. Just, you know, save all that money you got from the train and go have a couple of beers. It's great. But... But let's talk about what. what oh, well, let, let's talk about what's happening. Majesty, <laughs> yeah. But let's talk about what's happening yeah. this weekend here in London. Four days of celebration honoring seventy years on the throne, the longest-serving monarch in our history, uh, Queen Elizabeth. Um, what do you make of it? Oh well, look,
2: it's the only thing we've got
0: left. I think um, God bless Her Majesty, and
2: uh, may she continue to uh, reign over us for years to come. Of course, like so many British people, I know you've been talking to lot, Peter. Um, uh, the, the, you you would have to be, by definition, over seventy to have lived um, uh, under any other monarch. Uh, she's been a huge uh, credit to us. And we do we do that um, uh, that pomp uh, pretty well, and uh, thank goodness we do, because it means that we get uh, great people coming to visit us. And well, I'm just really, really concerned about the collapse of tourism to the UK because it doesn't just mean that we can welcome people it has very important economic impacts and also social impacts we, we get to meet great people coming here but also um the fact that uh, tourists are in london we hope means that we've got great shows in the west end we've got uh, fantastic restaurants all kinds of facilities which are partly dependent on tourists coming in so tourism huge force for good but uh, the uk not looking great at the moment and um, we've had a pretty awful uh pandemic uh, numbers uh, last summer down to just 14% of uh, a normal year, and we've got a long way to go. So thank you very much indeed, Peter, for coming over.
0: Happy to do it. But, you know, nobody does funerals better than the Brits, and nobody does, you know, pomp and circumstance with with royal celebrations better than the Brits. I cannot walk more than about 30 feet without seeing a parade of British flags, roses, flowers, uh, people lining the bridges, uh, lining the, the way to the to the palace, all waiting for the ceremony.
2: Yes, and it, I guess it is just heritage coming to life. I mean, it's just uh, a number of people would say 21st century still to have a hereditary monarch is um, a little bit odd. But um, I think uh, we are uh, generally in favor of the royal family who keep kind of keep us on the... I was going to say the straight and narrow, they do their best. Um, if you've got... Um, Temporary politicians coming in, going. Then to have a uh, a monarch who is uh, who is steering through the rest, rest of it, I think is a, a great thing, and it adds a, an extra dimension, some extra colour, some extra gossip, of course, to our lives. And so I think uh, yeah, they, they're they're pretty good value. The royals, most of
0: them. Well, you just said most of them, so let's talk about that. Since you opened that door, you know, missing from the from the famous uh, Buckingham Palace balcony. Uh, Prince Harry and and Meghan, uh, Prince Andrew, uh, and that you know that that's a conspicuous, uh, you know that's a conspicuous absence.
2: Oh, oh, oh it is, and, and obviously two very very different uh, uh, cases. But, um, I, I'm not sure that uh, Prince Andrew, after the shocking revelations of his his conduct um, with, with uh, uh, very young women, uh, I don't think there's any way back for him. Um, Harry and Meghan is a different one. I mean. Uh, as you all know, um, royalty has an awful lot of showbiz to it. You know, it's part of the entertainment industry. Um, most definitely, uh, I think Harry and Meghan have moved into that space. And um, uh, clearly, as with any, um, you know, you can have creative differences when you are when you are uh, being a, um, a public figure uh, like that. Um, I think it's you know, any family. Up. It's a, it's, it's, sad. It's a tragedy. I just hope that, um, well, a bit, that that uh, there can be a bit more warmth across the Atlantic. It's uh, you know sad to see uh, two two young people got so much to offer uh, not actually being here in the UK where we desperately need them along with many many other good people.
0: All right. Well, that begs the question, Simon, and it is actually a travel question because it relates to travel and tourism. Can the monarchy can the monarchy remain relevant? Now, I think that all depends.
2: Right. So, so you can stop a hundred British people um, later on today and ask them, and ninety nine at least, if not the four hundred, will just say yes, we we love the Queen and uh, uh, we 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 um, have the greatest respect for her. When very sadly she eventually passes, then. Uh, the royal family is going to take on a very different character, I think. And at that stage, but not so much in the UK, but certainly the uh, countries around the world where the the Queen is still nominally head of state, I think they'll be having a good old look about um, uh, whether this is uh, still relevant. Um, Because, well, as as I said earlier, 21st century, the idea that um, the person ultimately in charge of a country uh, should be there because um, of... of, of kind of uh, genetic um, accident is, um, is, is odd, um, and clearly, clearly in America, well, they do things on merit, I'd like to say.
0: <laughs> well, that, <laughs> each person for himself, but when, when it comes to the, 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 the British Empire, if you will, we're seeing a, num- a number of Commonwealth countries already starting to change. We just saw what happened in Barbados. We're seeing a movement in Australia, uh, maybe even in Canada. You know, where where you know the queen's still on on the currency too. Does does she really have an, an impact anymore in those countries?
2: Well, I, I think it's a little bit odd, as you will know. You, you, you cross the Rainbow Bridge, um, get to My- Niagara Falls, Canada, or you drive across um, uh, I five up into um, uh, Vancouver, and suddenly um, <laughs> the uh, local currency has the. This- Carries the, the image of a wonderful woman who lives thousands of miles away. Um, yeah, it is it, a bit odd, I think. And um, I think I, I think actually it will be the Queen's sad passing which it will trigger quite a number of uh, countries uh, thinking. Well, uh, surely we we need to be more independent of the old imperial power, um, which I I absolutely respect. Um, I I. I Frankly, I can't see um, King Charles, as he will become, um, appearing on that many um, Canadian banknotes. I think that that might be the point <laughs> at which a lot of people say, "Right, enough, enough. Um, we're, we're, we're moving on now," um, and uh, they will celebrate their own great people.
0: Of course, of course, the Queen earlier in the year gave the official nod to Camilla to assume that role.
2: Uh, Well, of course, and this is, I I think, a good thing. Oh, crikey. Um, uh, Prince Charles has been through so much uh, turmoil, of course, um, as uh, many families have, but not quite in the public eye in the same way as he has. I uh, had the independent one day. um, Charles and Camilla came to visit, and we were told very strictly, do not catch their eye. Just sit and get on with your work. Um, But... uh, as they were
0: passing the travel desk, um, they, they did stop it. So, Simon, let's be honest. The monarchy is also a business. It's an industry uh, when it comes to travel and tourism. Uh, I, I, I joke, but it's not really a joke. I was here covering the, uh, the marriage of William and Kate many years ago. And I, I, I just remarked <laughs> that everywhere I went, everywhere I went, there were commemorative commemorative blankets, pillows, cups, plates, Medallions, and every single one of them, when I turned them over, it said "Made in China." It, it was just—I I had yeah. to laugh. And yet, you know what? I, I admit this—I actually bought a few, you know, because I was here. Ah. I, can, I, I experienced it. And the same thing is happening, you know, this weekend in London. Everybody is is, uh, is buying stuff up. What significance does it really have, or is it just part of a of a tourist machine? that really supports financially now the budget of the monarchy.
2: Oh, well, yes. There are, as you will know, an awful lot of uh, uh, people who are just really interested in the minutiae of the British monarchy, and they will travel to London, they'll buy their stuff. Um, I'm not sure if you went into the average um, Londoner's house, you'd find too many Commemorative tea towels and silver spoons and so on. Um, but there's a market for them. I, I, I think it's a. Well, I must Quite tell you, but they're, Simon. They're, they're,
0: I, I must tell yeah. you that my producer Amanda is so fanatic about royalty that I think her baggage is going to be declared overweight with all the stuff she's going to be buying <laughs> over the next two days. It's a little scary.
2: Well, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure um, when they know who she works with,
0: that, um, the baggage uh, will be applied. You no, know, all that means is I have to pay for it. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> But 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 in all seriousness, Simon, hey. I, I know so many countries in the past, you know, generated income from even posted stamps for people who collected stamps with had the sovereign's likeness or picture on it. I mean, it's nothing. This is nothing new. The question is, can they continue it?
2: Uh, well, certainly, and um, we we will. We will see. I mean, the UK, as you know, has uh, perhaps our greatest strength is, is, is culture, and that goes all the way across from uh, music and film to royalty. So I just hope we can keep keep changing and and, and keep hopefully leading uh, in in terms of culture, art, and music and so on. Um, just as we we did, I seem to remember back in the in the nineteen sixties. We'll see, we'll see if that uh, can come back. But meanwhile, yeah, the they, uh, royals are providing a very uh, valuable service, I think, to us all. Um, and I, I, yeah, probably a generation or two, people will be looking back and thinking, royalty, what was all that about? I think we might have the new generation of um, of, of the royals, um, rather like they are just across the border from me in uh, Denmark, where you're quite likely to meet them at the supermarket. I
0: understand. Oh, listen! If you take a look at the royal family in the Netherlands, the king, when he's not being king, is a pilot for KLM. He actually flies commuter I flights for KLM, and nobody even knows that you know the king's at the controls.
2: I think that is absolutely fantastic uh, to be. Uh, doing a, a very useful job, of course, a very important <laughs> job, um, and um, it, it, it just shows that you know it, it, these things are just ceremonial. It's like all the uh, that typically, you know, a mayor in a, an American small town—they've got they've got the robe, they've got the chain, but ultimately they've got the keys. But ultimately, it's uh, just just a bit of uh, uh, ceremony while they get on with a, a proper job the rest of the
0: time. By the way, I do have to give a shout out to Prince Charles because he was always described so many years as being so aloof and so stiff. Not that long ago, he was doing an official visit to the British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC. And, of course, they're on the air live and he's walking by all the studios. And there's somebody inside, of course, as as you would see in a a television studio, doing the weather. And somebody just said to him, hey, you want to come on and do the weather report? And he said... I'd love to. <laughs> and he, he actually went in there, and, and, and people are sitting at home watching their tube, and it's like, here comes Prince Charles, and he's doing the weather. I thought that was pretty cool. I mean, unexpected and fun.
2: Uh, I, oh, I hadn't even heard that story, which shows that you are way ahead of me once again. Oh, that's, that's a lovely story. But yeah, um, I, I'm all in favor of the Royals popping up in unusual circumstances and uh, showing that they are kind of one of us. <laughs>
0: Every once in a while, they are. I'm sure it's even a surprise to them. Uh, but every once in a while, when you do something spontaneous uh. like that, you, you know, it's not that you you stop being a royal, but you start being a human, and you get to relate to the to the public. Oh, certainly
2: yes. Um, but uh, well, the, the, the of course royal patronage continues. We've had a, a new lot of um, uh, honors. Uh, this strange British custom of. Uh, having a whole system of graded uh, honours so that uh, you know, people are uh, given uh, knighthoods or damehoods or uh, all sorts of things. It's, um, it's it's a very odd thing to do. I think uh, the Americans have some um, uh, much, much of a better egalitarian idea where you know, you're a person, you're worth what you're worth, and that's it, and the fact that, you've well, here you've got the records before or after, or sometimes both, uh, both before and after
0: your name. My thanks to Simon. When speaking about the royal family, so many Americans remain obsessed by The Crown and what it represents. There have been countless books, biographies of the royals, and the Queen in particular. And there are magazines that chronicle their every move, their lives and their stories. I sat down with Ingrid Seward, the editor-in-chief of Majesty Magazine, for her take on the historic events.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
0: Ingrid, thank you for, for joining us. It's my pleasure. So let's do a little history here. It's it's quite a, remarkable that we're celebrating Her Majesty's 70 year reign. I mean, who who gets to say that anymore? Like nobody. Well, nobody gets to say that, and we won't
3: see another Platinum Jubilee. There won't be one ever, I don't think. Well, certainly there won't be one during your or my lifetime, and um, it's seventy years on the throne, which is most unusual. I mean, if you if you think forward, the the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles, who will be our next king, um, he's already seventy three, so there's no way he's going to reign for, <laughs> for another seventy another seventy years. And then you've got um, Prince William, his son, who is forty. Well, he won't reign for 70 years either. So we're really looking, you know, way, way, way into the future if this should ever happen again.
0: And, of course, given the numbers that we're talking about, how old was the Queen Mother when she passed? She was 101. So there's a ways to go based on the lineage here.
3: There certainly is. I mean, the Queen, uh, as well, when she was Princess Elizabeth, she became Queen in 1952. Uh, and that and she was she was born in 26. She became queen in 1952. She was crowned in 1953, but she actually physically became queen the moment her father died. So that was 52. So, we, you know, she was a
0: very young woman in a, in a very much of a man's world. Oh, especially then, of course. Uh, but Let's go back a ways. What was the last big celebration celebrating her reign?
3: Well, the last big celebration, which people may remember, was the Diamond Jubilee. And I say that, you know, people in the U.S. may remember that because it there was a river pageant and the weather was like the coldest, wettest June day that anyone can remember. Except I think the Queen said it was just like this on Coronation Day, sometimes in the, in the U.K., join June, June, you can get these freezing winter-type days. And I remember, because I was um, um, on, on a boat on the Thames, and I was wrapped up in a winter coat, and I was so glad I was.
0: I think I was the only person that wasn't freezing to death. And speaking of longevity, speaking of that, for the last 30 years, you are the you are the queen when it comes to talking about the queen, because you've been commenting on this basically most of your professional life. Well, not quite, but it does, that does make me feel
3: a bit old, actually. In not quite most of my professional life, but for a long, long time. Yes, I certainly have been commenting on it for a long time. And I used to, well, one of the
0: first big thing, jobs I did was for CBS, actually, for CBS uh, TV. There you go. Well, uh, we remember that. Uh, but here's my question. When we see the pomp and the circumstance, when we see the celebration, when we we, uh, we when we see essentially the trooping of the colors, what does that signify in the year 2022?
3: Well, I think a lot of, there's a lot of apathy um, amongst the younger generation. But I think when, you know, when it, it, there's been a lot of build up to this Platinum Jubilee to try and get people to be enthusiastic, but because of, the advent of social media. Um, people can don't have to be there. They don't have to take part. They don't have to be there. They can be, you know, 5,000 miles away and still enjoy it uh, on television or streaming. So it, it will never be like it used to be, say, at coronation of 1953. It's never, ever, ever going to have those enormous, enormous crowds again. I mean, I remember reading that, you know, the, crowd, the crowds would be 20... 20 people deep. And now, when I, even at uh, William and Kate's wedding, I remember thinking, you know, there's not that many crowds here because a lot of people are watching it on television or streaming it on their phones. Um, it, it's,
0: it's celebrations of this sort are very different now. I agree. I was actually here for William and Kate's wedding. And I uh, the thing that I, I looked at the most and I actually reported on it for CBS was all the merchandising all the commemorative plates and spoons and mugs and flags and 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 the funny thing was of course if you turn the plate over it said made in china <laughs> <laughs> it did i
3: don't know. i have i'm mean, well, i believe you but i haven't looked at any commemorative plates actually i think i've been too busy but i i mean I don't suppose it would say that right now, even if it was made in China. I don't know. That's, that's a very good point.
0: <laughs> Ingrid, I have I, been—I have to admit it, I, I've been obsessed with The Crown since it first came on television. Um, and I'm not, you know, a, a royal watcher, so to speak, but I, I just thought it was such a well-done show. And for me, and, and being the journalist... I was particularly impressed with how they got the details right, the, the way the planes looked, the way the limos looked, the way the the royal, you know, the Britannia looked, um, the way that the, the cars looked when they were on their you know trips around the Commonwealth, uh, the, the clothing. Uh, my wife was also fascinated by this. And she went back and Googled all the newspaper clippings from the time, and they actually matched the clothing quite well. Um, and I think... Part of that, at least, it leads up to the to the uh, platinum jubilee. Here, with people fascinated with with the whole story of the family.
3: Well, people are fascinated with with the family. Well, thank goodness they are, as far as I'm concerned. But in the crown, of course, they paid a lot of people a lot of money to get a lot of things right, and they still got things wrong. But that always happens, you know. It, it it's a very very glossy show i suppose it's a, it's like a it's like a lifetime of it for all of us practically um i think when you're a sort of serious royal watcher like me you just have to re- keep looking at and say, this is not a documentary don't get annoyed if things aren't right this is not a documentary because i think the portrayal of some of the characters was pretty poor and very misleading but it it, it it, it isn't a documentary. It is it is something to give you a feel. And it's certainly, actually, I think it's done the monarchy a lot of favors because it's brought a little bit of how the monarchy works, the stresses that the, the family are under, the difficulties of, of being a member of the royal family. It's brought that globally to a lot of people that wouldn't have a
0: clue or even be interested before. Well, the one thing that, that resonated with me and perhaps even with you as well is how the Queen defined the word service. Well, she comes
3: from an era of where duty and service are all. It's not about you, the individual. It's about the industry or the institution of the monarchy as a whole. And it's about everybody in the family pulling together and, you know, you know, doing everything in a united way. It's not, look at me, aren't I gorgeous? Aren't I the prettiest member of the family? And aren't I doing well? It's nothing to do with that.
0: It's completely the opposite. Although, let me share with you something that goes back to 1953. When she left Westminster Abbey uh, following her coronation, she was wearing, this is is still amazing to me, the Imperial State Crown. And let me describe it. It's probably one of the most elaborate uh, pieces of of royal regalia. And listen to this. Set with 2,868 diamonds, 17 sapphires, 11 emeralds, and 269 pearls, Okay, Ingrid, how much does that weigh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it weighs something like five pounds, I think. Well, that, yeah. I, I'm not exactly, is that correct? I don't know, I'm asking you. I, mean, I Yeah, I, I think it was, it, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly heavy and uh, the Queen actually had to practice, you know, before the coronation, walking around with this crown on her head. Also, your balance, you can't move your head. And very, very, very much more recently, she was describing to someone called Alice de Ruth what it was like to wear the crown, and she—you—you you can't bend your head forward because it sort of slips, or, and you've got to keep your head absolutely straight. So, I
0: mean, it's not—it's not actually a lot of fun wearing that thing. Which is why I refuse to wear one. I—I I, I just wanted to share that with you. I—I I, I won't wear one. But <laughs> I think you're quite right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but given all of that. Uh, there, of course, is the, the there is group that, w- that would say, you know, questioning the relevance of the monarchy, even at a time like this.
3: Well, we have a, a, a surge of uh, republicanism in this country, which has never really, really taken off. I can't tell you the number of television programs I've done saying, do we need a monarchy? And it always comes back to, well, yes, we do, because we don't want... A president from amongst any of our politicians, and I think I should think you sometimes feel the same. Um, We just, you know, we would rather have uh, a hereditary monarchy who have no power than some presidential sort of uh, person like, you know, one of our former prime ministers, Tony Blair. He was fairly presidential, and um, I I think that we're better for that reason alone. To stick with having a monarchy than, than trying to do anything else.
0: Exactly. And speaking of the uh, longevity of the monarchy, uh, Camilla has now have a, has a new title, doesn't she?
3: She commit commit. The Queen has actually said herself that Camilla will be will be Queen Consort when uh, the Queen passes, you know, passes away, uh, and Charles becomes king. Camilla will be Queen Consort, and uh, our current Queen has made that very clear that that's what she would like to happen. And I think that's uh, a very good idea rather than allowing things to do if she's made a sort of firm statement there.
0: My thanks to Ingrid. Victoria Mather doesn't mince words, not when she was travel editor of Vanity Fair and not now as the correspondent for Airmail run by her former Vanity Fair editor, Graydon Carter. And she's never hesitated to give her opinion on all things royal. And our conversation was no exception. Victoria, welcome back. Oh, Peter,
4: how lovely to talk to you on this beautiful day in
0: London. So let's talk about, you know, what this jubilee really means. Um, you and I have talked about the royals before. Uh, they still dominate the press. They still dominate the tabloids. They still dominate People who are not even monarchists, they're still fascinated, of course, helped in no small part by uh, The Crown and other sh- other shows of that ilk. By the way, I have to admit, in the interest of full disclosure, I was addicted to The Crown. Um, I was, in fact, um, you, you may laugh, but I, I was looking for, what, you know, where they did some sort of a, you know, dramatic uh, license in, in sort of like skirting locations or, or fashion or cars or planes. And every time they had a plane, they got it right. Every time they had a car, they got it right. Even the clothing, they got it right. Um, So uh, I've I've already bought into this. But as we are now celebrating this 70-year period where Queen Elizabeth, from 1952 to now, has sat as a singular monarch, uh, what does all this mean to you?
4: Well, it means a great deal to me. I mean, I've never... I was born in... Queen Elizabeth's reign. I've never known another monarch. Um, And she is a symbol of continuity. We've never had a platinum jubilee before. Queen Victoria made a diamond jubilee, but not a platinum. Um, She's the longest reigning monarch in the world. And if she makes it through to April 2024, she'll be the longest reigning monarch in history, apart from... That'll outstripped the Sun King, Louis Fourteenth of France. Wow. So it's continuity. It's also having a benign presence at the, <clears throat> as our head of state. Um, it is something that is a great well, a comfort, I think, to the nation. And it's certainly a comfort to me when I saw her make that fantastic broadcast um, during COVID. We will meet again. Um, there will be good times around the corner. And so so it has proved. um, And I think she's a a model of service. In a very selfish age, she has shown utter a complete integrity, unselfishness, and devotion to duty.
0: You know, it's interesting to me, and and you can laugh if you want, and you and I have laughed many times about something like this, but I was reminded the other day that in her 70 years... Uh, it's likely that she's never had to take out the trash, wash a dish, um, change the oil, although she's pretty good about a car. That, part, that, part, that much I know, she knows her cars. Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a completely different lifestyle. And the question then is, is she that removed from reality that she may not understand the, the way the world works these days?
4: Oh, I don't think she's quite as removed as you think. I mean, Bliss, not ever having to empty the dishwasher, I quite agree, but she has. I mean, if if you're staying at Balmoral and you go on a picnic with them, I mean, she always does the washing up. And there was a marvellous, I think it was with with Mrs. Thatcher when Mrs. Thatcher went to stay at, at, um, at uh, at Balmoral. And um, <clears throat> there was the sort of washing up after the picnic and getting everything sorted again. Nothing's worse than um, a picnic, that's, you know, a dirty picnic. Honestly, that's the sort of thing you really want to leave behind in the trash. Um, but uh, Mrs. Thatcher said, I'll wash. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, perhaps um, i would out to dry, ma'am. And the Queen said, no, I'll wash and you will dry. <laughs> and thrust a tea towel at her. <laughs> but, uh, so, I mean, to a certain extent, you could say that's a bit Marianne Farnett, you know, it's playing, playing at being a shepherdess in the Petit Guillaume. But um, I think that she's quite, she is pretty well aware of the trials and tribulations of those who live a perfectly ordinary life Um, she she makes herself aware of them because it matters to her and I think this unique occasion which we will never see again um, in any of our lifetimes um, is to celebrate her actual care for her subject she does mind, you know and she's a very kind woman she's mind, she's very funny too Uh, but she minds, she cares
0: And the question then, of course, becomes, and I say this about the entire monarchy, how do they stay relevant? Very good question, Peter.
4: Uh, Very, very good question. How do they—I mean, the the royal family has been, throughout the ages, has been a subject at times of scandal, um, of disaster, of war. Um, of civil war, um, and they've always come through it. But they didn't live in the age of the internet. They didn't live in the age of social media. And I think that's probably the biggest danger, um, because everything is so instant, um, and the, I mean, criticism can roll up like a sort of like tumbleweed and blow down the street within seconds. Um, I think that while the Queen Queen is still with us, um, she will remain relevant because she is an icon. Um, As Barack Obama said, she's absolutely a constant in a changing world. And she has, by the way, swung with the changes extraordinarily well. She's not stupid. She's um, very well informed. She's number... When those red boxes arrive at Buckingham Palace, she's known as number one reader. And she sees everything from the most sensitive military intelligence, you know, to um, communications with the Foreign Office, she um, and, of course, government papers. She sees everything. Um, and she's trained for this role since she was a young girl. Um, and she has never, ever um, shirked it. Oh, shirts that duty. Those boxes go with her everywhere. Um, And I think that when it comes down to um, King Charles and later King William, it is going to be a great deal more difficult because they have got to deal with um, a a modern world in a very different
0: way to the Queen. The Queen has had her challenges ranging, I mean, I going just name a few, of course. The Princess Diana divorce... And then, of course, her death. Um, Harry and Meghan, more recently, uh, Prince Andrew. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are fractures in this in this monarchy, and still, it's together. Yes, still it is together, um, and it, it's
4: in large part due to the dignity of the queen. But she can also be quite ruthless. She doesn't like confrontation, um, and would. Much refers to ostrich about it, put her head in the sand. But she has to face it. She has faced it, as she has this Prince Andrew, her beloved son. She does, you know, he is her son. She loves him, but she's had to do what she's had to do, which is basically raising from public life. Yep. It is un- very unfortunate, I feel, that um, the Queen, who is an intelligent woman, um, you know, she's multilingual, <clears throat> fluent in French. Um, a <clears throat> highly educated, but she's had <clears throat> um, two very stupid children. <laughs> um, I mean, Princess Anne is really the monarch, the best king we'll never have. Uh, she really has. I'm, I'm afraid Prince Edward's a plotter. I mean, I mean, the the, the, um, the European royals always complain that they send invitations to weddings and well, you know, coronations and whatever to the Queen and to the British royal family and what do we get? they say we get Prince Edward <laughs> 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 but I think <laughs> but I think Catherine is marvelous um, and that the children are absolutely divine nothing, nothing makes me happier seeing a picture of Princess Charlotte.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me back up. Let me back up for a second. I I would be remiss if I didn't mention Camilla. Well, she's a good egg, as we say. Um,
4: She is charming. She's funny. She's warm. And um, whether or not uh, you, uh, what you think about her part in the marriage between Charles and Diana, what she has done is make um, a petulant, weak man happy, so he's not so petulant, and he's a great deal stronger. He's not unintelligent, actually. I tell you what I admire Prince Charles for: is that he's made a cracking success of a non-job <laughs> with his work as Prince of Wales for the environment and for the Prince's Trust, which has benefited many, many people, many young people. Um, and all sorts of other things, horticulture, all sorts of other things, <coughs> which have actually proved to be very prescient, particularly his eco-credentials. So, good on him. And, um, I think he'll be, um, well, it'll be a short reign, but it'll be much sweeter for having Camilla as queen. And mm-hmm. she bloody deserves it too. She was once described as the latest woman in England, and by golly, she stepped up to the plate.
0: Although, of course, the only thing it, is she's it, literate. I, I was going to say, if you talk about, you said a short okay. reign. You know, the Queen Mother died at what, hundred and two? You know, that's uh, right. Yeah. Queen Elizabeth is ninety-six. Prince Charles has got to be what, seventy-two or seventy-three? Um, so he will not be celebrating a platinum jubilee he won't even be celebrating a silver jubilee <laughs> 25 years now victoria i have to i have to bring up something else you once described Meghan markle as five clicks up from trailer trash care to explain
4: well i was rather ahead of the curve on my criticism of um, the duchess of Sussex because at that particular point um there was this great warmth really so there's a lingering warmth from the wedding. My daughter was one um, fantastically excited about her arrival within the royal family. Um, And uh, she had everything going for her, absolutely everything. And I think the difficulty was that the worm turned because unlike the Queen, who's the model of duty, Meghan Markle did not realize that it's a bit of a slog being a member of the royal family. It's royalty, not celebrity. You have to go and cut a ribbon, um, and in Robin, Robin, um, Dundee. I mean, really dreary places. And it is like going to Pittsburgh. And you know, you can't always have the glamorous gigs. Um, you have, and you are on parade, and you are always going to be, <coughs> I'm afraid, second behind. Prince William, because Prince William is heir to the throne, I think she just actually couldn't stand the idea of spending the rest of her life looking at the Duchess of Cambridge's back, always being in the second row.
0: My thanks to Victoria, to Ingrid Seward, and to Simon Calder, and my thanks to you for listening to this Ion Travel podcast. For more conversations with the world's leaders in travel, as well as answers to your travel questions, be sure to rate and review this podcast. Wherever you happen to listen to podcasts, and for all the breaking travel news, royal or otherwise, just log on to petergreenberg.com.
1: The Ion Travel Podcast is produced by Amanda Morris and Anthony Protis Chung. For more content from Peter Greenberg and the Ion Travel team, visit petergreenberg.com. Ion Travel is a production of
0: CBS News Radio. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad free
4: Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in-depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.
1: Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be because Survivor 46 is here and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss.